Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Yeah, good morning to Dave and good morning to EJ. It's awesome to see you. Um, and also we got Howler Bro coming in watching the Bills yesterday. It just looks like it's so easy for them to move the ball whenever they want. Such a can- contrast with our team, and I'm a Shermer guy apologist. Well, have been. Um, and we got Beat the Browns coming in, too. Yeah, I'm Howler Bro. Imagine being a Iowa Hawkeye Denver Bronco fan in an era where it's never been easier to move the football. Like, I am just... I, it's so freaking painful to watch. At least they have, in theory, at least the Hawkeyes have good defense. Broncos, well, I, I think, think that ship you know, is For me, it starts, you know, we can break it down pretty easy, but I'm watching the Raiders and Broncos just in the first quarter. The Raiders are setting the line of scrimmage three yards forward. Yep. The Broncos are setting the line of scrimmage a half a yard back, you know, every yep. time. And it's hard to be a good offense when you're getting pushed backwards every time. And it's pretty easy to move the ball. If I can fall forward for three yards every time, I know I, when I'm when I'm playing in your on your side of the ball, I'm gonna be uh I'm gonna be a pretty good I'm gonna be pretty good. Yeah, no, that's uh, if you win in the trenches, you're gonna have a much easier time. And the Raiders, I mean, for a team that has gutted their entire offensive line this offseason to dominate the Broncos at the point of attack like they did, was upsetting. And on both sides of the ball, and it's not like the Broncos haven't invested resources there, but they just got beat so at some point you got to wonder about is it are they paying and selecting the wrong guys is it the development side of things and the broncos have in theory two of the best guys in the league on the defensive line and offensive line coaching with mike munchak and bill kolar but uh so far this season they have not looked like they've been getting it done which is unfortunate um we also got jeremy coming in here i wonder if nick will start this pod like the broncos have started their games asleep heck um actually i think last thursday was more indicative of the broncos um showing up in the fourth quarter and I actually was asleep, sleeping through my alarm. Oh, we got a pod to do. Crap. That's more likely what was going on there. Pooping Hippo coming in saying, I know things look awful for the Broncos. If they win their next two before the bye week, they will be okay. By Fairweather fans. I mean, if they, let's let's beat the Browns first. The Browns are really beat up, but so are the Broncos. We'll get into that. Dave Glassman coming in with the stars over on Facebook. Dave, you're a star. We love you. Uh, good morning to you again. Uh, falling, falling sloth. Falling sloth, not failing sloth. Maybe if he's a Bronco fan, it's been failing Sloth recently. Good morning, T. Sloth. Good morning, Broncos country. Been excited for the show this morning. We're excited to have you in here. Brett C's in here. Good morning. What is the reason for all the injuries this year? Scott, do you have a theory on this? Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner 
for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Why no. is it? Is it just I attrition? Okay. I mean, when you're start when you start dealing with it, if if everything was a pull a muscle injury, I'd say one thing. You know, pull muscles. You know, what are you changing? Are you doing more plyometrics? Are you doing this? You know, are you hydrating enough and stuff? But you know, these are across the board, and you know, yeah. two torn pectorals on your on your. I, I can't remember. Pectorals are pretty freaky accidents. They don't yeah. happen very often in both any, your starting linebackers in any sport. And your two starting linebackers both go down with torn pectorals, and that's. That's weird. I mean, there's, there's, I, I've got no other way to put it. Um, but no, do I have a theory on why this guy blows a knee? This guy tears a pectoral. This guy pulls a hamstring. This guy gets a concussion. Voodoo, you know, do is it time to go to New Orleans and 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 see the the you know the the voodoo doctors, see some witch doctors and warlocks? Um, you know, I don't know. I. Uh... I have, I'm not a man of superstition at all. You know, I just think kind of the, the world happens. Um, but I, the Broncos, they had to use a decade worth of luck, and that includes injury, but also the ball bouncing the right way to win that Super Bowl in 2015. To win the Super Bowl the way they did now is an all-time defense, no doubt, but the offense was so anemic, and they were just anemic, and I love Peyton Manning more than probably as much as like his father does. Um, big Peyton Manning homer. Um, but the Broncos used up a lot of luck that season. And I just think it's, you know, this is just the universe maybe balancing itself out because the Broncos winning that Super Bowl, especially when they didn't suffer like almost any serious injuries on that defense to that season. Uh, that's, I just, that's me rationalizing it with an irrational way, but uh, we, we used it up in 2015. Maybe we're gonna have to pay for that for another God. What would it be another four years here, a decade of bad luck, but uh, man, the Broncos have been extremely unlu- unlucky, but I mean, as, as unlucky as they've been on the injury front this, this season and last season, They've also still been bad. I mean, you have a lot mm-hmm. of teams dealing with injuries right now. They're getting it done. Broncos, guys, they're paying big money. I mean, at some point, I mean, everybody's angst is at like Bridgewater and Vic Fangio right now. But like all the signings that Peyton has made so far, I can't think of one that's actually like outperformed the signing. Shelby Harris, where are you, buddy? Justin Simmons, been a disappointment. Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby. Um, all these signings have been, you know, AWOL. So that's uh, it's... it's it's bad. It's scary time. It's Halloween, but it's scary time for the Broncos. We got DeAndre coming in, Howler bro, and, he, and good tight ends. And he's talking about the Hawkeyes. JD coming in. What up, my dudes? Mo Ron saying three and fourteen. Here we come. Hey, that's a top five draft pick. Maybe that'll be fun to talk about for Scott and I. So we got be some... three and fourteen, then like seven and ten. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's purgatory. But unfortunately, I think probably the Broncos are right now. Looks like they're heading for. I would say. This looks like a seven-win team. Seven <laughs> Honestly, and ten sounds it really about right. Look like a seven-win mm-hmm. team, especially with the three in the bank. What, where would that put you? Picking twelve. Uh, 
That's not a great spot in this well, draft. You know, you know, what I was looking, you know what territory that is? It's Malik Willis territory. You know who else it is? It's Jordan Davis territory right now. I don't think there's any way we, we can talk. I don't want to get into draft a little bit, but Jordan Davis out of Georgia. It's like, what's his draft? What's what are they talking about him at draft? And when I saw I had him like 18th, I'm like, hmm. I think he's gonna be closer to eight than 18th by the time it's done. 360 pounds of man mountain like that. Yeah. Yeah, especially with um so the defensive tackle position, we can, I got to get into the, the reads here to introduce ourselves and talk to everybody. But um, <laughs> the defensive tackle position, I think, has dipped a bit in terms of value because you can find big bodies mostly. I mean, obviously, you can't just like anywhere. You got to develop those guys. Um, but we saw recently a top pick in the defensive line. People are like, OK, this is more of a run stuffing power guy. Is that worth a top seven pick? Derek Brown, uh, his rookie season up and down this year. He's been really, really good. So uh, mm -hmm. those guys are still going to go early. Um, Jordan Davis, too. Another thing is, uh, I think he was eligible last season uh, as well. And he's a yeah, senior. Yeah, he's a senior. So it, took, it took a little bit. It wasn't that like instant pop for him. He wouldn't mm -hmm. have been this last year. So I think that's one reason there's a little bit of trepidation. But you got to trust the team. Yeah, but you look at the, right look at the trend line of where he's playing right now. And he's yeah, he's pretty amazing. Yeah, we got Mo Ronson. The problem is more than just Fangio. Uh, Scott, are you familiar with the phrase, the uh, the fish rots at the head? Yeah. Ownership. It's until yeah. I get ownership. Um, you know, naturally, but you know, who's got great ownership these days? I mean, I'll take it's also ownership. corporate. It's also business that the owners, you know, if the owners are pulling money out of the team or they won't invest, like we lost this free agent because they didn't want to give a signing bonus because the owners didn't have the cash available, you know, something like that. But is that really the case? You know, you did, you did pretty well in free agency. Um, you went out and made a, a fairly aggressive hire at the general manager position. You know, I mean, there's uncertainty around the ownership. And I know that was a, one of the questions in there. Um, I don't remember who had it. Let me see if I can find it. I, I think it was Andrew, Andrew Lampy. I'm going to pull him back up real quick, Nick. Do it. Uh, <clears throat> says, what's your guys' thoughts on what credible coach would take the coaching job under our current? Uh, they all would. You know, at any, especially if you're looking for a young first timer, they're going to jump at a chance. You know, if you've got the number one prospect out there and he's choosing between five positions, maybe you come in. Maybe you come in second, but money talks. You know, you sign one guy to a three or four year contract at five million per. They don't care who the owner is as long as the check clears. So, you know, to me, that's not that's that gets overblown. I really think that gets overblown in football where everything is. It's so Marxist. You know who the owner of this team is? Roger Goodell. <laughs> exactly. The NFL. <laughs> the NFL is the owner of this team. This is a franchise yeah. and the structure is in place. That if you've got the right people in the in the uh, on the field and in the not press box, what am I looking for here? The general manager in the front office mm -hmm. doesn't really matter who the owners are as long as they're not doing. You know, again, there's exceptions. I don't want Daniel Snyder as my owner. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it's it's not. If you've got an owner in the background who's just writing checks, that's not all that bad. Yeah. Nope. For sure, uh, Andrew. I'm not. Did you ever figure out the uh, stars? Did that come up for you? you I can't before? get to. I can't. If you get if you go on a monologue for 30 seconds, I can figure it out. OK, well, Andrew Lampy, thank you very much for your comment here. Two of my favorites. What's your guys thought on the credible coach would take the coaching job? Uh, this might be stars because Andrew's always up there giving stars and supporting mm -hmm. the show and keeping the lights on. Um, I actually will push back a little bit, Scott. I think that some coaches will uh, balk at the Broncos position right now because they don't have as much stability. Right. Like how much what kind of overtures and promises can you give a head coach coming in? when the entire power structure of the organization is about to change. 
Uh, that's point number one. Point number two would be the Broncos right now, because of the ownership situation, they can't pay out money like some of these other ones. They don't have the cash in furlough that they can do where they pay these coaches bigger money. So if like it comes down to, unfortunately, like the Broncos versus the Raiders, somebody probably picked the Raiders right now. And the other, the third point, number three, Broncos don't have a quarterback. And I think, I think it's going to come down to, again, on if you're, if you're talking about who you're going to pick is who makes a better offer. Yeah. You know, if the Broncos offer three years at 18 and I come in at four at 25, you're going to get your coach. Yeah. Ah. You, you, you just are. Now the question is, do you have the ownership that will do that? Yeah. That's, is that, that's where the question of ownership come in. Well, will they come in and do that? Not necessarily in, you know, I mean, yeah, Robert Kraft is a good owner, but you know, anybody comes in and just to, to the New England Patriots keeps things the way they are and just, Hey, we just want to be involved in this. Then, then you're going to be okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we got, uh, we got, a, we're t- 11 minutes in. We got to do our read here. Um, <laughs> you guys, this is Broncos for breakfast. Obviously a lot of venting going on. We appreciate everybody coming in the chat right now. Uh, we'll get back to you in a second. The community is, you guys are awesome, especially for the morning show. You know, this was kind of just a, uh, maybe people want to tune in in the morning to talk. Yeah, to and now we got our own group here. Cup of coffee. So thank you very much. I've, I've got them up on this side of things now. Well, awesome. Uh, that's uh obviously you guys Peter can follow Milton, obviously let me run through these real quick okay real let's quick. do it yeah Dave Glassman came in real early with, with the stars uh Peter Middleton his injured three picks Teddy three pick Teddy to start again I prefer Teddy but why well, I can get into that if, if, if we want to too we should Andrew Maybe came Thursday. in with stars uh, uh Michael Ranquillo coming in and saying good morning Michael good to see um you. and 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 that's where we're at so far so all right well, you, okay. Thank you so much. Uh, you guys can follow Scott and myself on Twitter, Scott at Scout Kennedy, and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. While you're there, follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Guys, go to huddleuppod.com to get your gear. Obviously, I'm rocking the Broncos for Breakfast hat, and I got the classic Broncos for Breakfast mug here. Scott got the bigger one, but I do you have your French press with you? Because the, the bigger one's still not big enough. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. There you go. That's awesome. So, also, shout out. We gotta we gotta finish the pour here in a few in a in a few minutes. There we go. Are you a black? Just yes. drinking it black kind of guy. Okay. See, I'm I do like my dairy, so I do like creamer, yep. and I have a pumpkin spice creamer right now. I'm I'm basic. I'm sorry. I got the golden retriever talking football out here in the Pacific Northwest hiking. Like I'm basic. I can admit it. I I'll just lean into it. They call um, them stereotypes for one of my favorite phrases is oh you're not supposed to stereotype people. How do you think they become stereotypes? It's not because of the exception. Yeah, you know, it's because they're true. Yep. Basic bro here, unfortunately, but uh, whatever. Own it. Um, you guys can <laughs> follow us also at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And uh, you guys can also on YouTube subscribe, like and share. All those things are free to do. Obviously, we appreciate the super chats and the stars, but, um, you know, obviously not everybody's in a position to do that. Uh, we are in a contest right now. I don't have the numbers right now, but we are auctioning off. The Broncos' best cornerback so far this season, maybe besides Bryce Callahan, but Patrick Sertan, the second jersey, somebody whose jersey we're about fifty percent right now. Uh, we are nineteen, so we've got nineteen minus thirty-one is twelve plus the two pots today, so we've got about thirteen or fourteen more to go uh, to try and get that number up. And uh, and frankly, the YouTube numbers have been absolutely amazing. So the contributions, y'all, what you're doing on YouTube over the past. Uh, Past week, as you're venting with your football priests on Sunday and Monday night, has been absolutely amazing. So we'll 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 we are doing our best to make sure that we are earning that from you. So we we certainly appreciate it. Yeah, 
No, absolutely. That's a good point. Um, and thank you guys very much. Get your stars in, get your super chats in to get a chance to win that Patrick Sertan jersey. We have not had any super chats yet this morning. I'm paying attention, guys. What's going on? But um, over on YouTube, money more coming in. Um, dog on him all you like, but Fancy Joseph is 6-0 and right now with, with the uh, Cardinals. Fancy Joseph is a part of an organization that's 6-0. and I don't know if you how much. I mean, the def- their defense is playing great. Uh, they got a lot of good pieces. I loved. I don't know how you were on. I love scouting edge rushers, cornerbacks, whatever. I was a huge Byron Murphy fan, and he's playing amazing football, man. He looks so good. Uh, Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt, Isaiah Simmons is playing well there. But, I mean, the real the real ticket is Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is hitting intermediate throws this year. He's playing great in structure. Uh, Rondale Moore, God, freaking Purdue. I'm playing uh, good football out there. DeAndre uh, Hopkins, but it's it's Kyler, Kyler Murray show, and he is, man, that – Hats off to the Arizona Cardinals, man. The, the team that traded up one year in the top 10 to go get a quarterback saw him after one season, and you could have made excuses for him. That was a bad team. They said, you know what? We like this guy better. We're going to take Kyler Murray. because Josh Rosen maybe could still be a good quarterback. I don't know. We're going we're gonna to reset the clock and take Kyler Murray. God bless you, Arizona. I wish more teams had enough balls to do stuff like that. Instead, we make 10,000 excuses for our current quarterback, and we're stuck in the same situation we are every year. Sorry, um, rant. <laughs> and Jeremy coming in with the uh, the airplane reference. Yes, I did get that. Uh, thank you. And, um, you know, going through this, how many of y'all have seen Moneyball? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I was a an athlete math person. Yep. And so it, Moneyball spoke to me and it always has because I enjoy the sports side of things and I enjoy the, the data and analytics part of things. But Art Howe in that movie, he says, and most of all, I'm going to coach this team that will show well in interviews next year. And that's how so much of the thinking goes. It's the safe thing because they all know, I call it, it's worse than the mafia. They're like made men. You know, as long as we don't, don't do anything outside of the box and do anything too crazy, we have a job for life. So they're all scared to death to take a risk. So what Arizona did by saying, you know what? we've got a chance to improve this position in a big way. And it's the most important position on the field. Even though we took a first round guy last year, we're going to, we're going to do it. I think that's impressive. I can't tell you how many times when I was scouting high school football players and I would say to a a coach, Hey, you need to check this kid out and be one of the, he's pretty good. One of their questions would be, well, who else has offered him? How about checking him out and doing some of your own scouting instead of because the the coaches would be, would be this would be scared to be the first person to offer a kid Because if you miss on that kid, then you look bad. Oh, can't have that. Can't take any chances. I don't want to look bad. Iowa doesn't do that. Yeah. Shout out to the Hawkeyes. (laughs) Again, everyone drink their coffee. But uh, they offer zero star guys from South Dakota that played quarterback and then put them at linebacker and tight end. And then they have 10-year NFL careers. Um, So King of the North, Vikings fan, congratulations on your uh, win this week. Kirk Cousins is playing great. Maybe future Denver Bronco quarterback Kirk Cousins. (laughs) Um, Who is the fans' choice to replace Fangio if it comes to that? Offense or defensive-minded coach? I, I think this people, one. What was that? It's offense. People would want offense. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I don't care if it's offense or defense. I just want somebody who is good at their job. And uh, some. I don't know if the head coach that is still essentially a coordinator, even if it's offense or defense, is working. I mean, we see that with Kyle Shanahan right now. That 49ers team isn't playing amazing football. Um, we see it with Vic Fangio and this Broncos team. Um, so I want somebody who can come in like and in juxtaposition, everybody's like, oh man, you need the offensive coaching, the offensive scheme. What you need is a guy who knows what they're doing, that the players respect and a quarterback 
And I don't care if the head coaches offense or defense look right now across the division at the chargers, bringing in Brandon Staley defense. And you have Justin Herbert who until they play the Ravens was playing at an MVP level, right? Like I don't care if it's offensive defense, you get, you need somebody who has that like aura to them. That is the, the CEO that players are like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. He represents me and uh buy-in from the players. Well, and someone who's secure enough to bring someone in that wants their job, mm-hmm. you know, for lack of a better word, you got to trust somebody, but you know, I mean, these are, I don't know if these are the exceptions to the rule or whatnot, but if you look at two of the most successful coaches in both college and NFL, Bill Belichick has earned the right to hire whoever he wants to because he's the man there. He's he, he, I can go and get the single best guy, whether let's say, let's say we think Fangio is the best defensive coordinator in the NFL. He's just a head coach right now. Mm-hmm. If he were to get fired by Denver, Bill Belichick w- could hire him. Mm-hmm. No, no problems. I'm not worried about this guy coming in and taking my job. I'm not worried about this guy coming in and upstaging me. I, I'm secure enough. I'm not I'm not insecure. I'm not petty. I'm not this. I want the best guy for the job, period. Yeah. And that's a skill. You know, that that's a that's a skill of and, and knowing your own limitations and surrounding yourself with with this with the right people instead of, you know, well, I coach with this guy over here and I know this guy over here. You know, who's the who's the best guy for the job? And, and do you have those guys at, at Denver right now, starting at the top? Um one of, and, and we'll read Charlie's because there was another comment I like to see on, on Facebook too a second ago, but Charlie says, for all this navel-gazing about the draft, our first round draft choices haven't been very productive in the last four five years. And uh, yeah, from a cost perspective, hitting it in the draft is the way to go. Mm-hmm. But what do the Rams think about the draft, Nick? Yeah, the Rams have a very interesting philosophy, but uh, they also have the best defensive player in football an amazing head coach, uh, best cornerback in football, and a top five, top 10 quarterback. Um, so draft picks are only good if you hit on them. Um, it's good for cost-controlled, but uh, Rams also, for as good as they're playing right now, it's a dangerous game you're playing, right? Because if an injury hits Aaron Donald or anything, your depth is not good compared to other teams. So well, it's a it's a calculated risk. And, and Charlie, I've always been of the – of the notion watching the, the the best teams in the past as that helped form my bias, they always traded down. They always accumulated players because mm-hmm. if I, I'd rather have three, three second round picks than a first round pick. It depends where that my first chance round pick is. is. What now? It depends where that first round pick is in general, yeah. because you know, it's going to cost you the same money to have those three guys or probably less than have a first round. And frankly, my odds of getting a good player are better with, with the three second round picks, because one of those guys is going to outperform where they're supposed to be. One of them's going to underperform where they're supposed to be. But if you've only got one guy, you're kind of rolling the dice. Is he going to be the guy we think he is, or is he going to come under? Now, I've said a zillion times, you still have to trust your evaluation and, and, and get it right. And there's not all draft picks are the same, that's for sure. But you're dealing with human beings here, not computer programs. You know, I go on FIFA, I got a guy that's an 88. He's always going to be an 88. Yeah. Uh, you never know what's going to happen with with human beings and the human factor. And uh, Yvonne, uh, that looks like Yvonne to me and not Ivan. Yvonne, uh, is there any chance that Fangio, Fangio stays next year with a new staff? Um, if he goes, how many games are left? We had 11, 11, so eight and three the rest of the way. Then, yeah, mm-hmm. there's a chance, but that's what it's going to take. If, if uh, otherwise... He's gone. Everybody's gone. The new general manager is going to clean house and bring in his own guys because he got a free Peyton got a free pass this year. Peyton yeah. gets a free pass this year for the most part. Yeah. This is not my staff. 
and I'm building the team that I want to have, and now I'm going to get my guys. Yep. So um, is there any chance? Yes, but no. Uh, no, I don't, I, I wouldn't see that happening, but, uh, appreciate the, appreciate the comment. We got a lot of season to go and the Broncos are 500, although it does seem like this is a sinking ship right now. Um, but there's always a chance Broncos win a one. This is a very injured Browns team. I think it might even be case Keenum playing possibly. Uh, I am very concerned about we, what we just saw the Raiders pass rush do the front four versus the Broncos offensive line and Teddy Bridgewater, who, you know, double-edged sword here, holding on to the ball a while, inviting those hits. Took, what, 17 pressures this last game, which is crazy. But, again, part of that is him holding on to the ball. Uh, now you upgrade that defensive line pressure up by a factor of, like, three. Malik, uh, or excuse me, uh, Miles Garrett, probably the best edge rusher in football right now, for my money. I mean, there's he's an alien. There's a, he's a freaking alien. Um, Jadavian Clowney. that picture he posted? Uh, he's got he had, a, he had a picture post with his sleeves rolled up and the, the the dude looks like lee haney in his prime if you don't know who lee haney is google him he won mr universe about 10 times after arnold schwarzenegger yeah and, and he goes he goes one day with my sleeves up and i get a random drug test the next day <laughs> he's an alien man he is insane like if you gun to my head right now you said you can take one player to start your franchise with a non-quarterback it would be miles garrett i mean he is He's insane. Uh, he's so good. Um, but then you also have Jadavian Clowney, who is never lived up to that number one pick. You know, some people say he's not the most dialed in or hard worker. I don't know him, so I can't speak and, to and that. For other those of you that do not like uh, recruiting rankings for college, both former number one overall defensive ends. Clowney was a number one overall player in the country. So. Yeah, uh, that game. What was it? The um, Capital One Bowl it was either that or the Outback Bowl, where he just absolutely killed that Michigan running back. That yeah. poor guy. He had his, still he had his highlight turf. play, and he couldn't come out yet. He took the next year yeah. off. Basically, yep. Yep. Uh, Chris says, "Good morning. Drinking delicious coffee from my Broncos for breakfast mug. Have a great day. My pick for head coach is someone that gets today's NFL. Cheers, Prost. Um, Cheers. I maybe this is me just loving Bruce Arians too much, but I would take either of the Buccaneers guys. Todd Bowles' second stint. I don't care. Um, he's they, people talk about him like he's brilliant, and his players love him. Okay, we need that." in Denver right now. The players do not love Vic Fangio and Byron Leftwich, ascending uh, offensive mind. That's worked under Bruce Arians for a few years and Tom Brady as well. Give me some of that pixie dust, man. I need it. Um, speaking of pixie dust and I need super chat first super chat of the day. Thank you very much. The DWI guys um, after Thursday, no matter the result, Denver needs a new offensive play caller. <sighs> that's very possible. Um, if they come out and play well though, I just, I don't know. I mean, this, Unfortunately, this team is going down with their guys this year. I don't think there's going to be any in-season uh, things going on. We could see sequencing and play calling changed from um, Shermer to Shula, but then the quarterback duty, quarterback coach duties are mixed up, so they might just write it out with Shermer. They really might, which is unfortunate. Now, if it looks absolutely dreadful, then we could see some changes. But uh, either way, I think this team is going to write out this season. Yeah, in-season demotions are basically you're fired. Um, yeah. so we'll see, uh, cause there's another comment I saw here from Charlie that I want to get to as well, that I like, uh, that I want to hit on as well. Uh, but That's I good. also want to get to max city. I'm going to, I like told you before, I want to call you man city all the time. Uh, so I've been getting crap talked to since the game by all these Raiders fans here in Oakland, uh, ask them where their team is. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's this team, this team left you, they, they left you. So, I mean, that's uh, no, I'm, I'm teasing a little bit, but um, appreciate it coming in, coming in uh, top rope. 
Broncos for breakfast, twenty dollars. That keeps us that keeps us some coffee for at least the rest of the month. That's for sure. I, I'm I'm about ready to order my next batch. I'm running low. Um, oh yeah, thank you very much, Mac. Uh, and let's see. Um, they've earned it. Yeah. You know what? Do, what do you want to say? They they've earned that right to 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 talk trash. And you know there there's there's losses, and then there's there's bad teams on bad streaks. And then there's, we don't want to play for this guy anymore. I don't see anybody out there that the, you know, the, the phrase gets used, lost the team. He's lost this team. Yeah. I mean, this, this team isn't playing for this coaching staff right now. And, and I've said that, you know, that Chad said it last night. Uh, I typed it in. One of my favorite phrases is, is apathy is worse than anger. And that goes across the, the entire board from the fan base. If you guys are mad, it means you care. We can yeah. fix that. If you don't care anymore because you've gotten stomped on so much that your your heart's becoming cold, that's a lot harder to fix. You realize, hey, you know, I enjoy going out hiking or working in my yard or going to my kids' games instead of spending all this time watching this team. Apathy is scary. This team is apathetic right now. And, and that means not the fans. Fans are still pissed off. This team is apathetic. And, and that means they're they're in trouble for the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah, they are in trouble. Um, I mean, you saw it especially. I mean, it was like 11 minutes left in the third quarter. And I think, was it Jacobs had like a, a touchdown where they might as well just have carried him into the end zone, right? Like the Broncos might have well just been like, you know what, right this way, buddy. Um, so it's it's bad. Um, it's it's really unfortunate. And it's it's tough to watch a product and a team that you care about that you were hyped about. I mean, I was hyped about 3-0. and I mean, we're maybe positive vibes going this way, going the right direction. Um, the injuries and, just, and, the, and the, the injuries are killers, but that, yeah. that how much talent do you need to overcome what we've seen on the sidelines? Yeah. I mean, you said it. It's I, I have a very hard time straight up saying that people have quit from where I sit um, right here. Cause I'm not in the locker room. You know, I'm not talking with these guys uh, off, you know, off, what is it off the record um, or anything like that. But I mean, everybody saw it on that game. It was barely in the start of the second half. And this team, it looked like it had like, you know what, let's call it. We, uh, we got beat here again. And it's maybe it's just, you know, bad luck bears there with the Broncos. Um, The Raiders making just big play after big play and the Broncos having the opportunities and just missing them close, but missing them. So it's, I, I don't know, but this team just does not seem like they have any belief in themselves. They don't seem like they have belief in each other. They definitely don't have belief in their coaching staff right now. And, the, and the, the, it's easier to change one coach than it is fifty players. The coach will get sacrificed first. Um, yeah, that that's just that's just the business of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, Lawrence had a superhero. Let me see uh, that. We we'll say good morning to Lawrence. But this is uh, the one where he came in with the stars. So that everyone right now seems like they're playing for themselves. This is what we, we said, and and just. Uh, just in case they go to another team, they have something to show just to, to have enough of their, uh, their videos. Yeah. Um, there's a protection. I've got to protect myself element that goes on in this game. And it is, there's, there, there's fine margins between if I'm playing at 95% or hundred percent at this level, there's that, that can be the difference in a game and you can see it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily want to say, you know, I'm not saying they've quit, but they're not playing their absolute best. They're not playing their hardest for this group right now. And I think, I don't think that's a bold statement in any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. And with this defense specifically, it takes buy-in because it's a zone defense where if somebody is out there freelancing or not committed to whatever their task is on that play, the whole thing can fall apart. 
So um, it's it's tough. It just does not seem like there's buy-in right now. And uh, you have a Broncos team that gets whipped by the Browns this upcoming Thursday, potentially. You're talking about, hopefully, honestly, hopefully, a massive sell-off of players with uh, one year, two years left on their deal. It is... <laughs> And I'm really, I'm really upset about the Alexander Johnson injury um, for him because he's a free agent and everything going on. Same with Josie Jewell, and it's bad for this Broncos team. But part of me in the back of my head, which this is me just being a bottom line guy, and I know it's callous. Uh, I apologize for that in advance. But like, oh, now you have one less player that you could you could trade and maybe get something back for because of one year player on that deal. So it sucks <laughs> for him. And I'm you know sorry that my brain goes there, but uh, you know is what it is. I guess uh, we got Rock Lake Angus. That's a, I some. feel like this is this is Rock's uh, first super of the month. I don't recognize the name, so welcome. Appreciate you coming in, and uh, and and joining the crew. Yeah, thank you very much, Rock. Uh, I'm gonna kick this one to you. I'll read it, but uh, we can talk about this for a second. Can a new offensive-minded quarterback guru head coach save Drew Locke's career here in Denver? Um. Yes. Yes. Um. But I'm gonna give you an example of someone that you're gonna be like, eh. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. I want to call him Steve so bad. He played for the South Carolina Gamecocks in my formative years, and he's etched yeah. into my brain. <laughs> uh, Ryan Tannehill ended up being one of the most efficient quarterbacks. Ryan Tannehill's not very good. Frankly, Drew Locke's not very good. But in the right system, you can at least get good production, and that would save his career. Arthur Smith and the Tennessee Titans resurrected Ryan Tannehill's career. He's still not a very good quarterback, but he played very well. Could Drew Locke have that sort of success? Possibly. Possibly. Um, I wouldn't want to bet my career on it, though. If I was a new coach coming in, I wouldn't want to put my career in the hands of, of, of Drew Locke. Yeah, if you have a new offensive-minded quarterback guru head coach coming in, um, well, first off, if the if, let's say it's uh, Peyton says, okay, you can come in, but you got to salvage this guy. I don't know if that coach wants to come here. Right. Like that's, I mean, obviously there's no other op, op offers, then he'll come. But if he's, you know, yeah, that $20 much million, dollars, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. But I think a part of it would be like, listen, if you're going to come in here and you're going to dictate to me who my quarterback is when it's my job and career on the line, I want to be able to pick my own guy. I want to be able to go to the draft or free agency and say, that's the guy that I want. So uh, could it happen? Anything could happen. Right. Mm -hmm. An asteroid could hit the earth today, I guess. I don't, I don't know. But uh, could Drew Locke's career be saved here in Denver? That's, I guess the question is, what is saving his career? Like, if he's a again for me, because you look at what where Ryan Tannehill is playing again right now for Tennessee, he's he's back down, you know, lower lower third uh, in in yeah. in in efficiency rankings. Mm -hmm. Um, so to me, that was a product of the system. Could you turn Drew Locke into a product of a good system? Probably. You can do that with most quarterbacks at this level, where they can they can be serviceable and have good careers. Um. Uh, but is he, yeah. is he the guy? Is he really the guy, regardless of system? I don't think so. Yeah, and uh, th this just came across uh, my feed over here. Somebody sent it to me. Um, so Vic Fangio, right? This uh, match quarters defense. What's the number one? What would you say is the number one? Oh, man, two supers. Well, real quick. What's, well, what we're going to have Broncos here, too. We got a bunch to hit on, too. So, yeah, yeah. go ahead, Nick. What's the number one tenant of this match quarters defense for Vic Fangio? Ben Dotebreak. Ben Dote break is probably the number one thing. Keep everything in front of you zone, uh, make teams matriculate the ball down the field, uh, tighten up in the red zone. So why and, do the safeties uh, keep getting beat over the top? Not only are the safeties getting beaten over the top. Listen to this nugget. The Broncos gave up seven pass plays of 25 plus yards to the Raiders on Sunday. They averaged That's, 20 per completion. Are you kidding me? That 
seven plays of 25 plus yards in the air. That's the most any team has given up since 1991. That's not to, not to age anyone or make anyone feel bad over here. That's older than me. I wasn't I graduated from high school in 91. That was, and I just had my 30 year reunion. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry to use the name. That's just, that is unbelievably unacceptable. God, that is yeah, unacceptable. when you're, when you're, when you've got a philosophy and you can't adhere to your own philosophy on what you need to do to be good, you're not going to be good. And that's also with all of your starting secondary players back fuller, your, whatever the heck you're paying him on the bench, Darby back getting beat deep. Sertan Callahan got beat in this one. Sertan is actually the best one. And that, I guess you could call it defensive pass interference, but then to go around and call that one on Sutton pass interference on the Broncos is just, that's, that's the way the season's going folks. But, uh, but thank you for back, going back to uh, the talk about apathy versus anger is when, uh, excuse me, Broncos 16 and one came in here uh, and says, yeah, they lost me. Still love you guys. Uh, we love you too. Uh, he's coming in. He, he's, he's moved from closer to middle reliever today. He's usually our closer. So, uh, you know, he says, uh, you know, th they lost me. This, this has lost me. So you, you stop caring a little bit more. You know, usually that happens by week three down here in Atlanta. We are like, okay, my Sunday's just freed up. Um, but it's, it's, I think it was, it was week six, you know, the three and three, this was, you had to see a response. We said it before the, the Steelers game, you can lose in Pittsburgh, mm. but you got to see a response. Well, we saw one. It just wasn't very good. All right. Well, you're coming home four and two salvage it. This team, this Raiders team, isn't that good. You, you saw, we saw a response. They laid down. Your response was they laid down. They're getting whipped in the trenches, getting beat over the top. Effort plays. Uh, we saw a response, and the response is, is we don't want to play for this guy anymore. That was yep. what I saw. Yeah, no, I uh, definitely agree with you here. And we got, uh, so thank you very much, Broncos 16 and one. Let's get to these other uh, super chats coming in here now. Cooking with grease, love it. Uh, hey, brothers. What do we have to stop the run at with an underperforming interior defensive line and third and fourth string linebackers? We have faith. We have belief and faith. We're going to stop the run with our just resolve. You know what uh, we have? We've got guys moving closer to the line of scrimmage and getting beat over the top. Yep. That's what we have. Yep. It's uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, the Broncos don't have very much athleticism at that second level. Um, I know that there was a lot of... <clears throat> I was telling you guys this offseason, um, there's a lot of hype with Justin Stranod being this like coverage linebacker key. Josie Jewell tested better than him at the combine in almost every athletic metric, and everybody freaks out about Josie Jewell's athleticism. I wonder if there's a little bit of uh, the small, small Iowa white linebacker getting a little bit profiled there. Um, but the Stranod has not been great, especially with his run fits. You keep seeing him get washed out at the point of attack. Not great. And now you're going to have Micah Kaiser in there, who was fine with the Rams but he was playing behind Michael Brockers and Aaron Donald. So uh, we'll see what he looks like against Mike Purcell and Shelby Harris in front of him, who has not been playing amazing this year. Um, it, speaking of uh, Broncos guys getting paid and been an underperforming Shelby Harris, Justin Simmons, both uh, first, it was J Shelby Harris that apparently had a heated discussion with Broncos defensive coaching staff, whatever uh, people up top. It sounds like Justin Simmons had another one of those following the game on Sunday uh, as well. So, uh, well, when we've gone this far, yeah, you know, there were enough problems that we've gone this far 40 minutes in, and we haven't said the name Garrett Bowles yet. Yeah. Garrett, and he, Garrett Bowles, he's about to get baptized this week. The, the, the left side of that line was bad. Yeah. You know, it was it was bad. Um, yep. it, it's one thing when, you know, you got a rookie in or you know where you've got holes, but when your, your veteran in there is getting beat badly, it's, yeah. it's disheartening. 
disheartening. It's disheartening for sure. Uh, Naj, appreciate you. Uh, you know, just every day uh, coming in both shows. Appreciate you being being here with us in the morning. I'll see you again tonight. I'll be behind the scenes. Uh, can, can always count on you. Nick will be Nick will be here with uh, with Carl, and mm -hmm. we'll see you again tonight. Certainly appreciate you coming in, Elliot. Uh, Elliot, um, feel, this feels like a newer name to me. I don't mm -hmm. I don't recognize Elliot off the off the off the top of my head. So appreciate you coming in and and, and dipping in with the with dipping your toes in. You hearing any rumors about Bond being traded? Uh, help me with this, Nick, because a guy at his age without a contract. What what would he be worth? I mean, who, what would you come in for as a rent a player? Uh, you know, to come in and say, okay, yeah, I could use this guy, uh, but who, one, who could afford him, and two, who's in for a rent a player that is a free agent in in ten games? I could see a team like the Rams. And what would that be worth? What would that be worth to the Broncos for his age? You're probably talking about. It's the same as the Emmanuel Sanders trade a few years ago when he was shipped off. I would say probably a late three to a mid four would probably be the value um, given his age, the one year of his contract and the the large sum of money. Now, I think in the NFL, the Broncos can also you know eat some of that cash as well when they trade him. I and mean, we saw that with uh, Teddy Bridgewater coming over from the Bron or from the uh, Panthers. Mm -hmm. So maybe that could change um, as much as the uh, the Broncos or who could be available to take him. Um, and given how much cap space the Broncos have right now, maybe that's something they would think about doing to get a, you know, a pick that's one round higher. But uh, I think you're probably talking about a pick that's probably a, I would say I'd want a three. Because if not, I mean, you're, with Von Miller, if you trade him for a three, if you don't trade him for a three, let's say it's a four, and uh, he goes off this season in science, he might get a, you might get a better comp compensatory pick for Von in that case. Even though he's older, I bet you somebody pays, I mean, he's still Von Miller. Well, and, let's, and, and Nick, let's play the PR game. If I'm Peyton, I need, I need the, I need people on my side. So the only way I move Von Miller as the general manager right now is if Von asks, mm -hmm. and we make it public that Von asks. Von asks for a trade. He's been a tremendous Bronco. We thought this was the right thing to do for him, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Otherwise, you know, no way. You you can't do that. I mean, Peyton. Because once this, it, it, let's just keep going on the same track we're on. Once this coaching staff is just for sure gone, and they're mm -hmm. they're and either either they are gone or it's a lame duck status, then people are going to start looking for new people to be mad at, yeah. you know. And I'm going to make sure if I'm the general manager, it's not going to be me, and I'm not going to do that by trading one of my Mount Rushmore guys unless he asks. Yeah. Unless he asks. And then, then it's okay. Then people will start, well, Vaughn, you know, fans are fans and they'll start turning on Vaughn a little bit. Um, and then once he's out, they'll all love him again and we'll put his jersey up and retire his number and all that kind of stuff. But Peyton can't afford that PR hit right now, I don't think. No. <sighs> Talking all sense here. I see I am very much bottom line and I could give a hoot what the fans <laughs> think. As long as the, the the end game is results that win, and if I think right now Von Miller's leaving this team sinking fast, and Von's right now the way this team's going, Von is not back next year, right? Like he's not going to be back. He's going to go sign with a team that uh, gives him a chance to win, and that's probably not the Broncos next year, given the direction they're going right now. So, well, and the, the DWI guys knows how to get right right to my heart here. Where we're going to talk about Chelsea. Um, Chelsea was an uber talented team who had spent a bunch of money. That's you actually buy contracts. 
of players and give them new contracts. The, the, the general manager aspect of international football is amazing. It is so interesting. Even if you don't like the sport, you would enjoy playing the game football manager because it's just really cool. Um, it, to win the Champions League last year, they were middle table, underachieving team, and all due to a coaching change when it was needed. Mm -hmm. um, the, the difference here is they didn't have the injuries, the big injuries, so all those players were still available. So if you mm -hmm. were to come in and, and make, let's say you make a mid-season coaching change, it happens in international football, won't happen in the NFL like that. Um, yeah. It would be for next year. Could this could how quickly could the right guy turn this team around? I guess that's what it is. You know, let's let's fast forward to next year. And as what he's saying is how quickly could this team, how good, what's the ceiling for this team? I, I think it should be close to what we were talking about this year. 11 and 6, 12 and 5. If you had the right guy, is that unrealistic to think of for next season, assuming everybody's healthy again? No. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's possible, but until you have the quarterback position figured out, it's just really. I mean, the Broncos, unfortunately, almost no matter what they do right now, unless they bring in Aaron Rodgers, they're going to have the fourth best quarterback in the division. The AFC West is absolutely stacked at the quarterback position. Derek Carr is playing at a uh, Pro Bowl level for sure, top 10 quarterback. I mean, he was amazing in this last game. Um, and uh, Justin Herbert, MVP candidate, Patrick Mahomes, you already know what he can do. So it's just. It's tough, man. It's a, it's a tough situation to be uh, to be in, and none of these guys are that old either. So uh, we're gonna see what happens. But it's yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, but uh, thank you very much, the DWI guys, for your uh, comment here. That means a lot to us. And uh, talking about Chelsea, we had uh, Scott on loan for Broncos for or building the Broncos there for a little bit. But Carl has returned from holiday. I think that's what they say across the pond there. And uh, he'll be uh, he'll be back now. So Scott's loan expired, although he's there. He's still they're helping us in the background. So uh, thank you very much, DWI guys. I'm trying to find your comments so I can take it off. Yeah, and Elliot, Elliot came and says, you're new. We're new to the live feed. Thanks for your content. Keep up the great work. Well, we appreciate yeah. you having it. We're, we're here because of you. Without you, it's just two idiots sitting here talking to each other. And that happens all yeah. the time. Nobody cares about that. This time, it's at least two idiots talking with y'all. So we certainly appreciate that. Uh, don't, don't talk yourself down, Scott. I know I am, but you're, you're fine. Um, Lord dear coming in with don't sell the, yourself uh, sort judge. You're a tremendous <laughs> slouch. <laughs> what's that from? Oh God. Okay. You, sorry. Hey, I put you on the spot. Jeremy, you want to help me out? What's yeah, that Jeremy's from? The guy. Um, I'm going to let Jeremy in. answer that one. Uh, Lord dear says, thank you very much for the Canadian seven, uh, coming in. I had nine wins. We're three and three. I'd say right on schedule. What did everyone expect? 17 and zero. if you did, you lied to yourself. It sucks, but this is where we are. <sighs> It's not the fact that the Broncos are three and three, which that's part of it, but it's the fact that that was not a great Steelers team. Uh, they barely beat a Geno Smith led Seattle team. Um, and also this was not a great Raiders team with no head coach. You lost your team with no coach. So it's how the Broncos are losing, right? It's, it's not just that they're three and three. Also, I think according to football outsiders, the Broncos have the one of the top five toughest schedules the rest of the season. Um, so it's getting tougher from here and you have not looked like you should even take the field against your last three opponents. I guess maybe you should have against the Steelers, but, uh, not against the Ravens, not against the Raiders. Um, so I think that's the big thing. And if the Broncos are able to get nine wins after what we've seen with how much tougher the schedule gets from here, that would be an amazing season. That might even be enough to keep Vic around and there might be belief. There'd be a major, something major would have to happen. I think right now to get to nine wins, the way this team is playing, but these are yeah, professionals. It, Things can it's happen. It's not the record. It's it's not the record. It's the yeah. trend. Yeah. It's it's the zero and three with three bad 
bad showings, lifeless showings. Um, you know, because if, if I go back, I, I still see I'm going to do this. I will. I'm going to go back and I'm going to go find uh, our season predictions. Because I think I had a, I think I had the Broncos at maybe four and five after nine, and then go on a run um, when they start getting some home games. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm sure I had them beating the Raiders, so you yeah. know that may have put them at four and two. But I don't think it was much above 500 before they go on a run midseason. I agree mm-hmm. that three and three, it's not the record. But do you see this team making a run right now? It's hard. If I don't, I don't see it, and I try to be. As a football outsider on this pod, I try and be as optimistic as possible. Um, you know, so that Falcons guy, Atlanta guy, is just a big hater. I, I yeah. do try and, and be optimistic about this, but I'm not optimistic about this team. I don't know how, yeah. how you could be right now. Yeah, and I think we need to talk about the elephant in the room as well with his last 15 so minutes and talk about Teddy Bridgewater's play this game, the last three games, and uh, talking about trends. Um, he, the first three games, amazing. Broncos are playing great defense, complimentary football, protecting the football, executing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, these last three games, Teddy Bridgewater has been below average, I would say. Mostly, for the most part, below average. Um, he's missed multiple throws out there um, that uh, you'd expect an NFL quarterback to hit. I mean, Cortland Sutton, a uh, couple plays where he had a lot of separation, and Teddy Bridgewater missed him. Now, maybe, I mean, did you watch the uh, <clears throat> the post-game Teddy Bridgewater uh press conference did not okay he went off to the stage and like he was limping extremely uh obviously and he had to lose like the handrails down the stairs uh to get down um so he i mean what did he take 17 hurries 17 hits or something but still uh, teddy bridgewater has been playing poorly and he deserves blame i i know that people out there are like oh you guys never blame bridgewater uh but blame lock bridgewater the last three games specifically especially the first three quarters he's put up garbage time stats versus the steelers to make it close put up some garbage time stats versus the raiders to make it closer but uh he's not been good enough um unfortunately i would say he's probably played about my overall expectation for him which that's probably one reason i am uh not as hard on him um but he he has to play better He's uh he's been in the 85 to 90 range the last couple games uh as far as rating goes and some of that has been late Garbage. coming Garbage up but everybody gets some you know a lot of quarterbacks get those so that's part of the rating also yep. for everybody but 80 if I said 87 87 right now would put him 22nd in the NFL. Yeah. Um not- so that's you know that's not that's not good enough. No. Uh it, it wasn't good enough last year at 75 for a 32 ranking. Uh, we said the quarterback play would get better, and it has from last year. But yeah. the injuries, you know, what do we say? We said for this team to be win, we need we need quarterback play in the teams. For the most part, we've gotten that. We need them to stay healthy. They haven't, uh, yeah. you know, and all those things to go along. So, has Teddy Bridgewater been good enough for this team to be better than on than three and three? Probably. He's. I think he's played be- better than than. I think he has played better than for this team to be three and three. I don't throw, oh man, if Drew Locke was in there, this team would be five and one and four and two. No, as as some of the comments are in here, and Drew Locke would have gotten killed behind this line right now too. Um, They're, you know, thrown some, had some mistakes and and all these things. So um, here, I haven't said it all day. So let's, you know, drink. I'm going to say the Falcons. I've got to address several other problems before I get to quarterback is the reason this team is losing games right now. That mm-hmm. That's where I feel about the true Teddy is right now. 
there's there's bigger problems right now than the quarterback position. Um, you know, and unfortunately, one of the bigger problems are they're standing on the sidelines. Yeah. I think the <clears throat> the big reason Teddy deserves criticism for how he's played the last three weeks. Um, and he needs to figure out what's going on. He cannot be missing those. That was a layup to Sutton that he missed down the left sideline. I mean, Sutton had seven yards of separation, which in the NFL, that that's, I mean, that's as open as you're ever going to see somebody. And he missed him. Uh, there was a crosser too, where he was wide open. And those, I mean, if you hit those plays, you could be talking about a different game. I mean, the Broncos maybe then uh, start get the ball rolling a little bit, but Teddy missed him. Is it because he was injured from getting hit? Part of that is the offensive line struggling. Um, I don't know if you saw, you're not on as Twitter as much as I am. Good for you. Um, Bobby Massey's wife came at me on Twitter because I said Massey was struggling against Farrell. Um, sorry, I am the, I am the sky doesn't lie. Um, he's. I think Massey's played admirably considering he was a missed the first and second wave of free agency and after the draft when he was brought on. But, uh, you know, he got beat and uh, Garrett Bowles has been struggling. Dalton Reisner has been bad since bad. I guess I'll say it bad since his rookie year. Cushenberry might've been the best offensive lineman out there and he's probably your worst one on paper. So it was bad. Um, but, uh, God, I even went down the rabbit hole, the offensive line being terrible, but Teddy Bridgewater also, um, he invites that pressure. He's holding onto the ball. He doesn't, he doesn't trust the windows unless they're wide open. A lot of them are curls where the guys already come around. He's not throwing with much anticipation and accuracy right now. It's because he's injured. Is he dinged up? Is he did not trust his arm? I don't is know. But that's one of your favorite words is separation. And you're missing that, those guys in the slot. That's Jerry a big Judy one too. And, you know, Jerry Judy. Yeah. And, and that's goes back to trusting it. You know, do you, you throw open a Tim Patrick and a Cortland Sutton and a, Norland, uh, and a uh, Noah Fant? You throw those guys open because they're big, yeah. uh, but you're not getting the Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler separation in the middle of the field, which yeah. is, you know, that that's going to be Teddy's strength. This, this is what the, the, not going to the tight ends doesn't make a lot of sense to me with Teddy's skill set yeah. um, because he's going to be a hash marks type of guy for the most part. Yeah. Um, you know, so again, uh, there's a good comment in here, uh, that I, that I wanted to highlight the, the chat's hopping now. So, yeah. uh, good on y'all for that. But it said, um, Teddy sweet spot is 17 to 22. Uh, he's going to be an average starter it, again. He is, he is, he is going to be, and I'm sorry, I can't find it right now. Um, he is going to be an average starter. He is an average starter in the league. The, the problem is, is the Broncos haven't had average quarterback play in several years. It's been bad quarterback yeah. play for several years. Drew Locke goes four and one. His his quarterback rating was 85. That would have put him 30th in the NFL. You know, yeah. it was a four and one start, but it, it, it wasn't Drew Locke that it was getting those wins. There's other things other than Drew Locke. Yep. Um, wins are not a quarterback stat. Yeah, the, the average, the, the you, you, if you haven't been getting average quarterback play, and right now you're not getting it right now either for a multitude no. of factors, and Teddy's partly to blame for that. Yep, no, absolutely. And I think another reason Teddy is not getting as much gruff, he should be. Um, he deserves a big portion of the blame for this three-game losing streak, especially the first three quarters, not playing very good. I'll, I guess I will give a shout-out to Shermer and Teddy, though. Broncos snap their opening touchdown list streak this week. Then the offense goes into hibernation, whatever the hell happened there. But uh, congrats. I guess you don't have that stat anymore offense uh, where you had the longest streak in the NFL without an opening drive touchdown. Um, but another reason I think that we're not, people are not harping as much on Teddy in comparison to what we saw with Locke last year. Granted it was second year of Locke. It was a great quarterback draft as well. I think people really started to turn on Locke after the season when you knew that you were picking nine and there was four yeah, We need to get a quarterback. Yes. Mm -hmm. in, in a phenomenal uh, quarterback class. I mean, what was it? Five went in the top 15. That's never happened before. 
Um, so it's, what a good class. Um, but uh, the other thing is, last year you didn't have the defense fall apart like this. I know they were injured, but they didn't fall apart like this. Now you're three games in a row giving up 30-plus points and giving up those points early, right? Like the other teams have been put up those points and they've gone into ball protection control late. So it's not like these, this, these teams are pumping up numbers because they're trying to boat race the Broncos or, you know, play uh, back and forth, you know, arms race kind of going on there. It's these teams have gotten out to an early lead fast. And uh, with that, with especially with how much the Broncos, Vic, Vic Fangio being the defensive mastermind, how many resources they've poured in on the, def- on the defensive side of the ball. It's just, there's so many issues right now that uh, if it was only Teddy Bridgewater, we this whole episode would be like, okay, Teddy's not getting it done right now. What can we do? Blah, blah, blah. But when your offensive line is struggling like this and your defense across the board is just sucking. Uh, it's it's a hard to pin it all on that. There's too much suck to talk about to just <laughs> stick on Teddy Bridgewater. Like I said, there's there's other problems I would get. To. There, there's bigger problems right now before you get yeah. to the quarterback play is the reason why the, 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 with this streak. Yeah. You, know, you change the quarterback, I think you're still three and three right now. And, and I don't think it gets better right away. Um, however, you know, there's some talking here. DWI guys coming in again. Says, I appreciate you guys on the breakfast show. Good stuff. And don't worry about Iowa, Nick. It was early enough in the season that maybe they can make a run. Six and one's fine. Six and one is good. If you told me, you know, before the season, the Broncos would be six and one after going to Iowa State, Iowa State's best team in, in the history of football, people picking them as a college football playoff contender, um, going in there and beating, beating them. Indiana was a preseason, uh, good preseason team. Penn State, I mean, six and one, I'll take it. Um, but it sucks because it's, it's again, it's, it's how they lost. They looked absolutely terrible, and Purdue owns us. The only way I'll be okay with it is if George Karloft is, is wearing a Broncos uniform this time next year. Oh, my God, I love George Karloft. Worth it. Worth it. He's so um, good. You know, and there's there's a lot of comments in here that I, I agree with in phases. One of them, one of the big comments that I see is, you know, that, you know, Teddy's ceiling was done. He, he wasn't going to keep improving. You knew what you were going to get. I agree. I absolutely agree. You don't necessarily know what you're going to get with Drew Locke. Fangio just made this decision to save his job. Well, duh. Of, of course, he, yep. he, Fangio is not interested in developing Drew Locke through a losing season because he wasn't going to see the next season. How many mm-hmm. losing seasons does he have, Nick? Drew? Yeah, no, Fangio. Every single one. Which is how many? Uh, two. So you think he's going to survive a third? No. Yep. Okay, so he absolutely sitting there trying to save his job. Going with the guy I think gives us the best chance to win. Fans are going to be around a lot longer then coaches and players we're, we're for life for life. The yeah. old NWO thing we're for life. So we look to the big picture. We look beyond, you know, who else does general managers, general Hopefully. managers think for the next 10 years as well. Coaches are trying to save, especially one that's had two losing seasons in a row. He is absolutely trying to save his job right now. No doubt about it. Uh, yeah. the, the Teddy Bridgewater, was he the better quarterback right now? Maybe. So until this season is gone, gone you're gonna see teddy bridgewater as long as he's healthy once the season is beyond repair and maybe you make a mid-season change then you can see yep. drew lock and then maybe you can see some development but yeah vic fangio made this decision to save his job of course of course yeah. he did he's on back-to-back losing seasons yes yeah and we got Jim Strux coming in here with $5 over on YouTube. Thank you very much, Jim. Uh, he says, why did the coaching staff deserve a mulligan on the 2020 season due to the 
Koof. Uh, I think that's the cough, maybe. Um, but the young <laughs> you're not, quarterback. You're not. You're not allowed to say. You're not allowed to say yeah, what the, the due word. to the what was. But yeah, we get it. Oh, I, yeah. But uh, the young quarterback didn't. Um, it's not like they traded Drew Locke, right? He he was given a chance to win this job, and uh, he didn't. So I don't know about that. I don't. And also, I don't think the quarter the coaching staff did exactly get a mulligan, right? This was a figure it out this year, get to the playoffs this year, get double digit wins this year, or, you know, good luck. Um, so uh, I don't know. And also given everything going on now with the Broncos ownership situation, not to beat a dead horse on that front, but like, I think Peyton really was hoping to help have Fangio be competent enough to get to when the, the ownership transition happens. And uh, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Um, and so uh, Jeremy saying, was he really given a chance, Nick? I'd, I'm not there at the practices every single one. I'm not there in the meetings as well. Doesn't sound like Drew Locke is the the most quick in the meetings. I'm not going to totally disparage him, but um, in the film rooms, um, he's not as uh, understanding of coverages and where to go with the football based on the concepts um, compared to some other quarterbacks in there. That's why Rippin's always in his ear. You know, he's like that kid in class where it's like the court, the uh, Teacher asks Locke something, and Rippin's whispering in his ear, um, but uh, giving him the answer. But uh, I don't know. Um, and in the preseason games, yeah, he looked good in the preseason games, but what are you talking about? 12 throws? Thir- 13 throws? I mean, that's, it's so hard to judge based on that. It's what we have to go off of, but I don't know. In the preseason, you know, I, I mentioned this again. Get your get your drinks ready because I'm going to say it. The, the Falcons and the Dolphins. The Dolphins look like a playoff contender against the Falcons. The Falcons look like they were going to go in 17. They still might go two and 15. Yeah. In the preseason, they couldn't get a first down, couldn't do anything. Dolphins are all over the place. Now the Dolphins, two months later, Dolphins are one and five and can't get out of their own way. You know, they're, now they're looking for a, you know, maybe we should have moved to a and done a Arizona and gotten one of these quarterbacks instead of trading down. Um, they definitely shouldn't have traded their first round pick this year to go up and get Jalen Waddle. That- yeah, yeah <laughs> they, they hit the jackpot Ugh. and stepped on their foot. What are you uh, doing? The, the next round. Um, God. So the preseason is the preseason, and uh, not not you can't put too much into that. But the, the problem is, and the emotional attachment to this is, what do we say at the beginning of the, the year? If Teddy Bridgewater wins this job, you've got a new quarterback in 2023. That mm-hmm. means 2022. That means what do we what can we expect for for 2021? You should get if you can get adequate quarterback play and everybody plays healthy, you might make a playoff run. You should make a playoff run. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're not right now. Nope. Still time, but I don't like the the trend, and it means another year in 2022 of purgatory before yep. we we get maybe the guy that can be in 2023. That's miserable. That sounds miserable to fans. And when 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 Bridgewater is the quarterback, you're resigning yourself to crap. At best, we've got average quarterback play. We've got another year of purgatory, and maybe we get a franchise guy in two years. That sucks. I'm pissed. Yeah. Let's try Drew Locke. Maybe Drew Locke's not the answer. Maybe he's not the answer. It's going to be. I think it's, I still go by what I said before. You've got a different quarterback in 2023. You might resign someone like Teddy. You might get by another year with uh, with 2022 with with one of those guys, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, maybe, but. It means your means your your next quarterback isn't on the roster yet. That's what it means to me. Yeah, and Jeremy coming back in. So I'm not saying Drew is the answer, but I'm saying we knew Teddy wasn't. It depends what the question was for the answer. Mm-hmm. If you have a everybody coming into the season, oh Broncos spent so many resources on defense. You have this amazing secondary, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, blah 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 blah. Vic Fangio, that should be a top five defense at minimum. 
Right now, the Broncos are in average defense. Uh, EPA per play. Right now, the Broncos are eighth, which is fine, but then they're uh, – their rush game right now, they're just average against the run. They're average against the EPA per play for a pass. Um, so they've they've not been good enough. And they're also, they're right now fattened uh, by the, the first three games. Let me see. Let me uh, tease this real quick. Scott, fill, fill some time here for just a second. I'm going to see how the Broncos defense oh, well, looks. I'm going to hit Nathan. Nathan came in with a $2 super. So good morning, everyone. Well, good morning, Nathan. It's a kudos to your brave, Scott. I want to give you a little insight to uh, to the brave, to the Atlanta sports mind. So they win their first game in a walk-off matter. And I'm texting with my best friend, lifelong Atlanta sports fan, watching the game with my wife. And we all say the same thing. Well, at least we won't get swept. Oh, my God. <laughs> second, second game, second walk off. Two and oh, it's two to nothing. We all say the same thing. Well, at least we'll get a game back in Atlanta. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, the Atlanta Journal posted, he said, oh, the Braves are two and oh, and this time it feels different. No, it doesn't. The only way this feels different is till that two becomes a four and they advance to the World Series. And then you're hoping you don't get swept by the Red Sox. So it's 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 tough. It's tough being a, being an Atlanta sports fan. But you're, you're just hoping not to get embarrassed. And I, I've got a story about that if you still need some more time about the 1998 game being an Atlanta Falcons fan. So they're 14 and two. We've made it the whole year without becoming embarrassed. Thanks, Eugene Robinson, for getting arrested the night before. Your man of the year gets arrested the night before the Super Bowl for soliciting a prostitute. Thanks. We made it 364 days without being embarrassed to be a Falcons fan. Thank you. All right, Nick, you're up. Well, um, of course, the gateway crashed on it when I was typing it up, but uh, it's it's loading again right now. But yeah, it's been it's been bad. Um, and uh, we got Ivan coming here. Can the injuries be used as an excuse for Fangio to have another year? It's not just the injuries right now, Ivan. There is a complete lack. Uh, it seems to be, from where I'm standing, a complete lack of uh, belief in institutional control right now. And I don't think I don't think they could bring back Fangio right now, unless this. I mean, we still have 11 games to go. Things could change, um, but I don't think you could bring back Fangio right now, based on what we've seen. I just don't think they have uh, respect for him, and they don't have buy-in. So, sucks. And the problem is, and this DWI guy's coming back in for the third time. So that's, uh, that's, I would, uh, three strikes is a bad thing. So we'll call this the hat trick. The problem has been we should have been looking for a franchise QB in 2016, not a stopgap. So 2022, we start what we should have done six years ago. And there's some thoughts to that. Um, but you have, you've, you've spent some resources in the first round since then, right? On a quarterback, when you, you I've, I've heard you, Talk about Paxton Lynch. How long ago was that? I mean, time flies when you get old. 2016 draft. But, um, yeah, not uh, not great. Um, not what you want to see um, for the uh, – oh, that's why I was like, man, why does, this, why does this look weird? It's because I put in week three and six. But, yeah, no, they should have – honestly, once they – I'm of a belief that uh, maybe it's not fair to the player that you took, um, but I don't give a shit if it's fair. Sorry to cuss <laughs> on here. I don't I don't care. Um, in – 2016 you took Paxton Lynch and then he has that season and he didn't take the bull by the horns. Guess what I'm doing in that next draft. I'm looking again at quarterback. You, you could have had, you were picking what? Um, I guess you were picking 20 that year, but you have the chiefs and the Texans move up and get Mahomes and Watson. Your, your history's changed maybe with that. I mean, I'm not going to we'll leave the Watson stuff outside the table. I'm not going to touch that um, for now, but um, the, the, the same with uh, what is it? 2019 draft. Uh, you take Drew Locke, and then 2020, you're sitting there. Oh, we got to give Locke another year. Uh, why, right? If 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 I would rather just take a quarterback over and over again until you hit one. I don't give a crap if it's fair to that player. You you're nothing in this league without a quarterback. 
So I, I don't know. Um, EJ's coming in saying, Bama X Malik Willis is the truth. Watch his tape. Just don't watch his last three games because he has looked like a guy who sh- maybe shouldn't have been taken in the top 100. He's been uh, bad the last Probably after games. I just talked about him being fire. He, he was amazing the first th- through the first group, including against Syracuse, which, you know, yeah. Syracuse is a lower end power five team. But when you're playing Liberty and you're going against Syracuse, you're outmanned for the most part. You're outmanned mm-hmm. and he did really well. So uh, here, the game here that for, for you quarterback fans that, you know, when would you ever think that Ole Miss versus Liberty was must see TV? I believe that's, that's the weekend of uh, November 7th. So I think they play on the sixth. That is uh, um, Hugh Freeze returning to Ole Miss to play Matt Corral and, and uh, Malik Willis. And that should be a fairly interesting game, especially for you draft Knicks. And there's nothing else on in the early morning. That might be an early game might be a noon for you know to to wake up and, and have your uh have your college football for breakfast at 10 a.m mountain time yeah and zach coming in could you imagine Locke having three interceptions and a fumble in bronco country being semi-calm hypocrisy if you think this is semi-calm i don't know what to tell you man this is this is disarray this is a team the fan base that is you know freaking out and rightfully so but um i do think that some of the turnovers have some context because the broncos were playing complete catch-up ball and uh the he was having to uh come back. So on the bottom line, it looks poor, um, on that, on that front, um, with the, uh, the turnovers, but I, I have a bigger issue with the missed passes early on. Um, that's, that's the issues with uh, Locke. So I don't know about hypocrisy. It sounds like maybe you have some, uh, luck <laughs> favorism there. Maybe I have some Teddy favor- favorism. Uh, I, I believe I in locked arrangement syndrome. I just don't think it means what a lot of you think it means. <laughs> yeah, <got laughs> There's it. some, there's a little bit of crazy. I've, I've never seen so much passion for a guy that, that, finished 32nd in QB rankings. Usually you can't wait to get rid of a guy like that. It's, it's to me that it's watching it from the outside. It's a little strange. The, uh, the protect the drew lock syndrome has on this, but Peter Middleton coming here. So with no linebackers, so we let Browning play Browning's out with a concussion too, isn't he? And he in protocols and he's not going to be, he won't be cleared in time for the game. So he's out too. If I'm not mistaken, the question is, is why is Avery Williamson off the team now? How do you let him go? He wanted yeah, so, to be gone. He, he I know, asked but for you, it. Can, can't you sign him and bring bring him up? He wanted to be gone because he didn't want to be on the practice squad. He'd yeah. look pretty good right now as a, as, a, as a Bronco, wouldn't he? Yeah, he wouldn't would. he look pretty good on the depth chart coming on for Thursday? Yep, he would. Um, but is what it is. I want to get to this from Paris. Paris, I'm challenging you to have some positive comments, please. I, I can't I can't right now, but um, you guys crucified me last week for saying that our defense was soft and weak. I mainly was addressing our defensive line and linebackers. Now look, um, they have been soft and weak. And he also said, you guys constantly talk about certain players like drama Jones, Draymond Jones and all this potential, but he never does anything. I, Draymond was out there flashing and beating his block. I don't know. He's not, he's not finishing, um, but he's Paris is using voice to text. I recognize that. Yeah, he is. Paris. Paris is using voice to text. Oh, it says comma Shelby Harris. Yep, with all the potential, it's <laughs> nothing. Same for Purcell. Yeah, the defensive line has been uh, unfortunate. And also, I wanted to bring this up. Good morning to you, Paris. Hope you're doing well. Hope you have a good day. Um, the one that I want to see here is uh, um, I'm going to pull up this right now. I finally actually got it working. So the Broncos, they still have a top defense according to the year, but they had three games versus very bad teams. Uh, can we see that right now? Can you? Oh my God. A freaking course. Are you serious? Okay. There we go. <laughs> um, Broncos over here, far left. Uh, this is your EPA per play drop back on the bottom, the X axis, if you will. So that's pass. And then rushing on the left Broncos have actually been above league average against the rush. These last three weeks, 
Look at this, though. Second worst team in the entire NFL the last three weeks in passing game EPA. They are the, let me see, 28th ranked defense overall in both rushing and uh, passing EPA per play defensively. Second worst against the pass. You're talking about a team that's the highest paid secondary in the NFL that's used that many resources on the defense going against Lamar Jackson, who's playing great this year, but he's, uh, you know, still, he's not out there like throwing around like Aaron Rodgers, right? And then uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Derek Carr. I mean, God damn. What, 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, again, I'm, Dave. Oh, there's the swear jar. I'm sorry, man. It's just, it's so, it's so frustrating. And um, if you had this defense, let's see if they're even playing top 10 level. Um, I think you would be four and two right now, but they're playing like a bottom defense in the NFL. They're, they're playing that bad. So uh, I don't even know where we go from here. All right. Let's hit some positives. Yes. Before we get out of here. Yeah. DWI guys, that's that's the golden sombrero. Yep. Hitting it four times, coming again. Okay, the quadfecta, the golden sombrero. We had the hat trick already. Can we give some love to Caden Stearns? Wow, what a stud. Uh, do we see more of him? Uh, I've, I've seen a little bit of Justin Simmons, you know, watching a ball go over his head as a safety. Uh, do they you, – you're – watching the back seven more closely than I am is yeah. would they possibly play the same position as strong versus free? Um, um, the Broncos use so a we, lot. Could we possibly see him uh, a little more Caden Stearns. I think you need to get Caden Stearns out there because he is probably your most twitched up defensive player right now. Um, which is saying something um, you don't have uh, Darby can be pretty twitched up too. Maybe Darby's one that's a little twi- more twitched up, but um, Caden Stearns needs to figure out a way to get out there. Um, Unfortunately, I see on Twitter and everything that, uh, or Facebook, even, you know, trade Justin Simmons, whatever. Guys, you paid Justin Simmons. You are, he's not going anywhere for the next three years. You've got an investment in him. That was the, we we made that point on the difference between Ronald Darby and uh, and Fuller is Mm -hmm. Fuller's a one year. So you don't have an investment in him. If he gets benched, he gets benched, but you've got to get something out of the guy that you've thrown a bunch of money into, especially if it was a big signing bonus and he's just a bunch of dead cap. Exactly. And Simmons has enough of a track record that you're going to give him a chance to figure it out, but you also have to because of the contract. So uh, where Stearns going to play? Stearns is probably not going to play as a starter unless you see one of those safeties get hurt. However, he he's definitely penciled in as a starter at safety next year. The only way I think that doesn't happen is if the Broncos are picking top 10 and Kyle Hamilton falls to their lap and they're like, listen, we don't need a safety, but we need game changers. And Kyle Hamilton is a game changer and the best player on our board. So uh, that's the one where maybe Stearns then wouldn't be a starter, but you need three good safeties. Raul Diaz saying Scott looks like Peyton Manning. Is it this giant forehead of mine? I tell you what, I could put a head on a ball playing soccer, though. That it mm-hmm. certainly helped for sure. I yeah. used to get Boomer Esiason a lot. I used to be a white-haired kid. So uh, let me see. There's some other – I know there are some other people coming in saying uh, Javante Williams – as far as uh, you know, positives go, absolutely. Um, Melvin Gordon too. Melvin Gordon, both running backs. They're mm-hmm. they're actually out there punching things. I mean, God, that play where Fant <laughs> like ran past the blocker and like Melvin Gordon would have probably had like a either a touchdown or like a thirty yard gain. I don't know, man. It's it's so frustrating out right now. It doesn't even look like these guys are playing the same sport as some of their competition. It's that frustrating. Uh, Nathan. Nathan coming in again. Nathan coming. He's got the brace. That, that's uh that's that's what we call two goals in a game. Thanks, uh, Nathan. So do you think Coach Shannon has a shot at the Hall of Fame? 
Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, he should. I mean, he's he's got his tentacles all across the league. Um, so I think the about the somebody, one of my favorites, I talk to him pretty often. I would say that we're friends. Uh, we've met up here in Seattle. Um, but uh, Andrew Mason says, like, the Hall of Fame, it's not just about the greatest players ever, but, like, can you write the story of the league without this player? And I don't think that's true for um, Mike. You couldn't write the story of the league without Mike Shanahan, given how much he's influenced two decades of football now uh, with his scheme and uh, offense and his uh, people that were on his staff. So I think Who killed the running back good. position, you know, Seattle yeah. grunge killed the hairbands. Mike Shanahan killed the running back. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I think so. Um, maybe it's borderline. Um, and also I think the, uh, that run with the Washington football team um, maybe hurt his resume a bit. Um, but you know, is what Who, it is. Who's had success there. Who, who, we, we get back to ownership and that there's obviously obviously exceptions to yeah. every rule. Try not to try not to build and, and live off the exception because you're, yeah. you're going to lose. But who has had success under Daniel Snyder? Anybody, you know, Steve Spurrier, I'll oh, use a flop in the NFL. Everybody's flopped under Daniel Snyder. I don't yeah. know what we've got in Steve Spurrier in the NFL. I have no idea. You can't yeah. judge anybody for what they did with Washington for goodness sakes. Yeah, and uh, just real quick before we get on out of here, I want to be mad about something that's not the Broncos or the Hawkeyes. This is a bad football week for me. I worked, I went in after that game. I worked on Sunday. It's Champions League today. Cha- it's Champions, Champions League. League. Happy Champions League Day, y'all. Uh, but being mad about something else, what an absolute Charlie Foxtrot of an organization and ownership that Washington football team has to, with all this stuff coming out right now. Did you read any of this stuff about like the cheerleaders in Costa Rica? It's. No, I look at headlines and I, I use sports as an escape. I already know. You don't want to peek behind the curtain because there's power in money. When there's power in money, there's corruption. You just know it. I try to look the other way or else I'd stop watching. (laughs) Well, it was, I don't want to get into the details here, but if you guys are interested, it's out there and it's just terrible, terrible stuff. And of course, what does Washington football team do this week? Guess what we're going to do? We're going to honor Sean Taylor. His family doesn't even know about it. It is a hundred percent. Hey, Look over here. Don't pay attention to what this hand is doing. Over Squirrel. here, Sean Taylor. We're, yeah, exactly. Boo you, Washington football. I mean, the Broncos could lose every game the rest of the year. You know, whatever. Like, this team's probably, I mean, not whatever. But, um, God, I hope they beat the Washington football team because I just, I hate them. And the fact that the NFL forces out Gruden, probably somewhat rightfully so. You know, you guys can have your beliefs on that. I don't, I'm not going to tell you how to feel. Um, but the fact that they're protecting Snyder and everything that's going on there is terrible. And uh, you want to say who owns the league? Roger Goodell, the owners own Roger Goodell, mm-hmm. right? They, they dance monkey. Um, so just really upsetting. Um, yeah. And that was an absolutely horrible ceremony for Sean Taylor. His family was like, I we did. This hasn't been talked about. We're not ready. Like we didn't, we're not going to be there. Like how, how do you expect to do this? It's a hundred percent just a, uh, a distraction and something to save face. And, uh, you know, I, th- to me, Ashton, this is, I, I've, I've said before, the more that I read from Ashton, the more we see eye to eye. I'm, this is a blanket statement for me. I don't, I'm good with this period. I like history. Um, but we won't get into that. We won't get into politics too much. The Potomac seems nice. Um, the cherry blossoms, right? That's great. Um, I do like the, uh, I went there as a kid and a bunch of good museums. Um, but anyway, uh, there we go. Ah, the cynical reality of Scott tempered with the youth. I think it, today it's flipped. It, it's flipped for sure. This is the cranky old man sitting next to me. <laughs> oh man. It's just, the Broncos are losing. That's one thing, but they don't even look like they want to be out there right now. And that is upsetting. 
And typically I try to not be emotional about it, but uh, God, at least somebody has to be, right? <laughs> if the team isn't going to be, maybe I'll have to be. Um, but uh, DeAndre, probably last comment here before we get on out. This is a winnable game actually on Thursday, but can they or will they? I don't think the Broncos are going to win. Short week, this team doesn't have belief. And I think the, the while the Browns are injured, they are dominant in the trenches. They're, prob- they're probably the best trench team in football on both sides of the ball. And that cures a lot of ills. Uh, yep. Your running back just got better. Your quarterback just got better. Everybody gets better. Your defensive backs just got better. If you can win in the trenches, you you can be a pretty good football team. Yep, and I don't think this is a great Browns team. I think that Baker Mayfield is extremely overrated. I don't think he is a very good quarterback, starting caliber quarterback uh, in the NFL. I think he's borderline. He likes, He's like one of those guys that like, okay, great. We have him on his rookie contract. Am I paying him? I'm. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't pay him. Um, that big money that changes how you have to create your team. But you're not. You're not going to have the dominant offensive line and the defensive line once you're paying Baker Mayfield. Um, but the incredible defensive line, incredible offensive line. Broncos just lost Alexander Johnson. They're going to live in heavy personnel and run right at Justin Stranod all game. And they're going to Broncos. Oh, I guess Shermer is going to keep in Noah Fant to block constantly. That's not going to help Garrett Bowles versus. Uh, Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney, Malik McDowell, who's been playing incredible this year too. So can the Broncos win? Anything can happen. Really. I mean, the Broncos could win. It's a short week. Random things happen. Um, yeah, but I wouldn't how- speak, speaking of snowballs, I, I never would have picked Tennessee against Buffalo ever. Yeah. yeah. Ever. Yep. Here you and go. There they are. And I don't know what you're talking about here, Jay. Uh, you weren't saying that during the draft class, Nick. I don't know what that is in reference to specifically, um, but I'm going to get the read out here and maybe we can get back to it if you have a comment there. But good to see you. Good to see everybody today. I mean, God, lively. We went an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, we will be back fast, again. doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I got I got things to do. I got work. Um, but, uh, of course, you guys can follow Scott and I on Twitter. Shout out to Scott for back-to-back walk-off wins for the Braves. Let's beat the Dodgers. Sorry to any Dodger fans in here, but uh, not a big Dodger fan. Um, you can follow Scott and myself on Twitter, at Scout Kennedy and myself, at Nick Kendall, MHH. Follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Facebook folks, go to facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Join us there. YouTube folks, subscribe, like, and share. Uh, get us out there. Obviously, not everybody is in a position to contribute, but we appreciate all the super chats and superstars today. Make sure you guys are getting those in uh, so that way you get a chance to win the Patrick Sertan jersey. Um, if anybody on this defense is worth keeping around right now, it's that number two on Patrick Sertan. So, uh, Greg Smith, lifelong Dodgers fan. I actually sat uh, behind um, Magic Johnson. My buddy, one of my friends, he used to date Whitey Herzog's granddaughter. So he got a, t- a hookup for tickets. And uh, we went and we had like amazing seats for the Broncos versus the Dodgers. Or excuse me, the Cardinals versus the Dodgers. In uh, it was when Matt Adams hit that walk-off home run off a of Kershaw hanging curveball. First home run he's ever given up to a left-hander off his curveball or of that season. Um, but anyway, um, <clears throat> Sat behind him and uh, Magic Johnson, I didn't think was that nice. Um, but uh, I guess, you know, who am I to come up and approach him? But uh, I'm from Iowa. I'm nice, Nick Kendall. Hello. Um, but uh, cheering for those Dodgers. Sorry, Greg. We the love coffee his coffee is kicked in with Nick. He's fully oh, caffeinated. I'm hyped. Can't tell. I'm hyped. Um, need some energy. Uh, but feeling good. Not about this team, but that's okay. Uh, Jay didn't come in with another comment. So I guess we'll get you uh, tomorrow. You weren't saying about this, that during the draft class. I don't know what you're talking about, Jay. Um, but, uh, appreciate you guys. Scott, what's the rest of your day looking like? Uh, got to get a little work done and then we'll see who's playing the early games champions league. And then we'll watch the later games. The big games are tomorrow though. It seems like there's always stacked one way or the other. If you like midday, 
some entertainment on there. Champions League football is a pretty good way to go. I want to say thanks to a couple guys coming in late. Yvonne coming in with the star, with the stars. Appreciate you. And Nathan coming in again with a super sticker. Uh, I didn't see what it was. Normally, I have another stream open so I can call it out. Um, maybe a thumbs up, mm-hmm. dancing hippo, anything like that. But appreciate you coming in late with this with the with the super. And then we'll see y'all tonight on building the Broncos. And then tomorrow morning we'll be talking some Falcons, NFL draft, etc. Over on my channel. Um, so head on over there. We've been getting some good traction on there as well. And then we'll be back Thursday to do a preview of Broncos Browns. Well, there we go. And uh, I wanted to get to this one. Um, just a general thought for you guys. Um, this team maybe is not showing up, but we're going to keep showing up. Mile High Huddle is going to keep showing up for you guys. And uh, we're going to be here to give you guys a voice and ride this along with you guys. Um, so EJ says, great show, Nick and Scott. Thanks for helping us sad Broncos fans cope with a sad team. Um, Scott's an outsider. And as far as the, the fan goes, which is probably good for these times. <laughs> um, but we're here for you. And we're going to continue to be here for you. And uh, Tell your friends this is a this is a safe place, and uh, we can you can put out your opinion out there. We will dissect it, but all opinions, all thoughts, welcome, and uh, we'll get through this together. Love you guys. Um, we'll see you. I'll see you guys tonight. Oh, we also got DWI coming in saying uh, go Chelsea. There we go. I'm gonna have to rock the uh, Scott. Wait a second. Did Chelsea play today for Champions League? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Chelsea's Chelsea Malmo. I'm not even sure where Malmo is. That might be a Swedish team. Uh, tomorrow in Champions League. Yeah. So we'll, um, we might change the background tomorrow again. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll put Stamford Bridge back up. And uh, yeah, we also have Facebook users saying, do you all see my comments anymore? On my end, it shows I'm the only one commenting. Well, I'm guessing this might be Peter Middleton, but uh, I think you're having some issues there because it says Facebook user. So uh, Peter, if that is you, uh, hit us up on Twitter or something or let us know in tonight's show. Um, but guys, we got to go. We got tasks to do. We got things to do. We'll see you tonight. Um we love you and uh, show up late. We are, we're always within like five minutes unless uh, I'm sleeping in. Um, but we'll see you tonight. Go Broncos. It's going to get better. It has to get better. <laughs> and we'll see you soon. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.